CBDs in it. CBDs in it. One hundred percent organic hemp flour. Listen, I like packaging. Mm-hmm. The packaging gets well, me that, every time. Well, that's the creative person in me. Like, I'm sitting here like, like time. it has nothing to do with the product, but I'm sitting Bro, here like, you should but see man, the, like, like every on the monthly subscription they send you a, um, they send you like a postcard. You get a couple of stickers with the branding. Oh, so when this you, is subscription based? Yeah, it's subscription based. So we subscription. Well, it's not we. Yeah. So you get my point. It's yeah, and you get the flower too. Like you can. Oh, you so can they have the flower? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's nice. See, that's one of those things where, like, weed kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Before it was legal in Oklahoma, to me, weed was simply, oh, weed. Mm-hmm. You just roll it up. It was mm-hmm. I didn't think oils. Um, you know, I knew edibles were a thing, but I didn't understand the process behind it. I thought right. you just, you know, crumbled it in there and called right. it a day, which you right. can do. That's that's the old, you know, like, hipster way that I was told, or hippie way that I was yeah, told. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they, they told me that I had to do it that way, and then just the oil process, the cooking. I mean, I had Ritz Parmesan crackers that were edibles. And I'm just sitting here like, it makes sense that the snack foods would become these crazy edibles like right. Nerds Ropes. Right. Nerds Ropes. How do you, 250 milligrams. See, that's not safe to me. That's not safe. Just put 25 in there because nobody's going to eat two bites of a Nerds Rope. You finish the rap. whole thing. It doesn't say, like, yeah. how many multiple servings. It literally is like, oh, I mean, here, it's just one thing. It's one 250? Rope. That's what I saw. At Nature's Cure, that's what I saw over there at 30 cents. Right? Y'all are wilding. I don't do it. How's the packaging? Because there's a couple of brands that I see. It's welcoming. Well, well, I mean. It makes you want to eat the candy. Okay, then it does its job. Is it going to pass any litigation? Because I swear when I see some of those packaging, that's like, it looks exactly like the packaging in the store. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it looks like they basically. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll describe the packaging. But but I'm like, how? It literally looks like they took a picture of the original packaging Uh and then took that photo that was slightly off at a weird angle uh-huh. and then just copy and pasted it onto a random blank canvas Had to. and then put products in it and sold it because i've seen like fruity pebble stuff come uh-huh. through uh-huh. kellogg's bo- boxes uh-huh. come through uh-huh. i've seen you know nerds uh-huh. like i'm just like wow you're not even trying to hide i'm like, saying like at all i'm saying and it's crazy is because the loopholes behind that stuff are simple like you change the tone of a color or you blur something kind of like on youtube when people uh-huh. repost like clips of a TV show, like it's all zoomed in for some weird reason, and it's just like someone's talking and they're in the scene, but they zoomed into a random wall, so like that's like their way to avoid copyright, Got or it. I think to trick the algorithm. Got it. That's like that's the nerd in me thinking. It's probably. I mean, you are. There's no I'm, realistic way for really someone bad. to monitor that. Yeah. So. Damn. That's one of those things. That's wild. But yeah, packaging, man. See, marketing is a whole nother. It's the whole. It's the whole and kitty it's caboodle. And it's so much marketing going on, and everyone's borrowing from one industry to another to take it over here that people don't even realize, oh, we have to, like, steal ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, literally, it's, yeah. it's impossible to come up with new stuff at this current moment. Well, but Or at I least mean, no one's thinking outside the box enough. To me, it feels like the the saying runs true. It's like there there is no new behavior. Yeah. So I don't think that there is a new marketing technique or scheme it's more so like who is going to um who's going to reinvent the process that's what i think is so cool about where we're at in cannabis is from my perspective i am watching the growth of the industry like what i think i learned or what i did learn in school from the beverage industry yeah or industrialization and it's like well let's take the suffixization and cannabis and it's like you've 
kind of got this cannabis revolution. Oh yeah. What did the Coca Colas do? What did the Anheuser Buschs do? Yeah. What did um, the sports teams that first took those fans by the reins when they were becoming powerhouses mm-hmm. like? What does that look like now in the cannabis industry? It's like typically what I always ask myself in yeah. the moves that I make because if I know that marketing has worked for these big companies and now they're big companies mm-hmm. outside of cannabis, what cannabis company is going to do it right? Yeah, that so makes w- them that it's kind of like uh, I'll use a video game to yeah. like kind of reference it. Like yeah. I'll use Activision as a great example. Mm. They don't really do a lot of new stuff, like in terms of genre. They might do a new like IP, which is like okay, o- so Overwatch game. So is a great, so fill me in. <laughs> what's the <laughs> what's like? <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Activision's <laughs> umbrella <laughs> of games. Uh, so this one probably just like the the Call Mickey, of Duty, the right? Call of Duty. It okay. Was the Mickey okay. Mouse of. of I'm trying the, to think because like I, I, what's what's branding? That's their bread and butter. The the they're that's Activision. They're what's their dollars. sound like? Click. I'm trying to think of when the Activision logo comes on the screen. That's what made me think so Call of Duty immediately. That's the problem with those publishers like that is they own the the developers. They're not actually I making see. the games. They might have their Activision Direct Studios who make games, but mm-hmm. for the most part, they own Blizzard who makes games. They own Got Infinity it. Ward that makes games. It, it, and that's and Infinity Ward is, in f- is affiliated with Call of Duty as well, right? All that's all they make. So, uh-huh. so Activision owns like four companies that all they make is Call of Duty, and that's how they're able to get it kind of like you know your harvest. They have I it on see. a constant rotation because uh-huh. it's about a two-year game cycle or a year-and-a-half game cycle is what everyone's on. And so they like it's a that game is what they call cookie cutter of like no we know boom 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 reinvent the engine every five years don't get crazy with it boom 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 so yeah it's one of those things but like Activision is good about taking oh you did a great I see what you did like the game called Team Fortress was like class based you know superpowers been around forever now those games are popular Activision will take an old idea and perfect it versus put the R&R into coming up with something new. Like, they'll wait for the competition to come up with something new, mm-hmm. look at it, and just go, well, we got better people. We're going to take that and make it better. Okay. And then they dominate the scene. It, they've done it time and time again. The game World of Warcraft is very cool. Uh-huh. And that game has dominated that genre of video games for 20 years. It has. And it has. And listen, we both I got ADHD. You know how hard it is to keep – uh, gamers intact or people like that for 20 years straight. Right. We got multiple generations of humans playing right. with one game. Right. Yeah. Did it, does it change graphically? You know, they might update it slightly, but it's still the same game from 20 years ago. But what are they doing? Like you said, what is it they're doing that keeps keeping it fresh and new, but it's the same old thing. It's not It's not new, but it's it's new. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to say that. Other mm-hmm. than it's new, but it's not new. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's. I feel like that's what you're saying. At least that's how my brain's understanding it. No, it is. Yeah. It is because you can't. You can't. I mean, you probably can, but it's to to have something successful. I feel like it's always going to be rooted in something that's been created before. Oh, agreed. So one thousand percent. There's just really not a way to stray away from knowing what already works. Yeah. But when there is something new, it's like. Shit, Let me ask you this. Really good. How much of it is it something new versus I like what they did this time? Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. because it's not it's not necessarily I'm like how much of it's like oh what kind of like uh, I'll use uh, <coughs> Jordan Peele whenever he uh, first came out with Us mm-hmm. and he remix he remixed those songs mm-hmm. classic songs everybody mm-hmm. knows these songs but like he 
maybe forty sound completely. You know, he or I he made EZE sound completely different. I think that's what it is. But it was a brand. It was the same song, but he just right. edited it and changed it differently. Um, I'll use people like um, the guy who I can't. His name is Edgar Wright. He originally wrote Ant Man, but then he got kicked out. So okay. Creative. Di- he's like, y'all don't want me to do what I want, so bye. I quit. That's you know he told Disney I quit. That's you know it takes some balls to be like Disney. I don't want your money. Yo. Bye. Disney. And that's what he told him. He's like, y'all don't, you guys want to make a cookie-cutter movie to fit into the Ant-Man u- the universe and all that? I want to make my own movie. So if you go back and watch Ant-Man, it's a heist movie mm. with a superhero background. Mm. If you really go back and watch that movie, you take Ant-Man out of it. I'll have because I haven't seen it. It's one of those things where you go back and watch it. It doesn't even need the superhero. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is just a heist movie. The mm-hmm. guy who plays him is uh, Michael Pena. Okay, okay. Yeah, you sell character. anything really well, so honestly, oh, like if I lo- you pitch so it, I'm gonna go check listen, it out. I love movies, so like when it comes to movies, I was like, listen, I like the way they did this, the cinematography, the way they shot this. Like, look at that. But what he does really great with his movies, all his songs that I think you'll appreciate as a DJ. Yeah, th- what you're seeing on the screen from the action is tied in directly to the song that's playing. So let's say there's graffiti on the wall. Mm. He'll have a graffiti artist go in and write the lyrics on the wall, but not as lyrics, just like sure. a random quote that the sure. person had put. And as the character walks by it, he walks by it fast enough just as long as it takes for the person to sing it in the song. Wow. So it's all like time. Like, wow. go watch uh, Baby Driver. I think you and Shelby would actually like that okay. movie. Okay. Matter of okay. fact, when you get home, I would just put that, like, sit down, watch that movie. Like, That's it's. Is it's the movie's all about music. Like he described that he marketed that movie as like you ever have like your oldest iPod? Like I remember still having the old Rolex mm-hmm. the big fifty gig yes. fifty gig brick iPad iPod. You know, now your phone is like, you know, two hundred and fifty and it's this. Yeah. <laughs> so Seriously. it's one of those and it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Ten years. But Baby Driver is one of those things where it's or that movies where I I like that's what I was talking about, like the marketing is we talked about video games, movies and mar- medical marijuana. Right. But it's all the same concept. We're all like, okay, we have to find, do it differently, do it differently, do it differently. Right. Just present it differently. Yeah, totally. Present the same information in a different way. Totally. And I think that's, you know, cannabis probably has the harder route, obviously, because they have to convince people, like, mm-hmm. it's not a gateway drug. I don't believe that it's a gateway right. drug. I don't subscribe to that, to it's that not. ignorance, in my opinion. It's that's a gateway to freedom, to liberation. I, I think that's what it's a great way to open up your mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it does. It's the key to opening up your mind, and mm-hmm. then it might allow you to think of other things. I remember, I, I think I was texting you, I was like, So I'm then ready. actually, in definition, yeah, I guess it is a gateway drug. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. It's, it's gateway medicine. Not the way that they insinuate it is. Yeah. Exactly. It's the a gateway. connotation is so different. Yeah, there it's a gateway like heroin. I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preach therapy on that one. Listen, if you're doing heroin and stuff like that, you're running from something or you're trying to ignore something. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't want to like sugarcoat it. I have people in my family, so I'm not speaking from experience. Right. But of seeing it from a young age. Yeah. Like, and seeing like what that stuff actually does to a human being. You're running from something. Mm-hmm. That's not making you feel good. Mm-mm. It's making you forget something. It's making you forget something for it's sure. It's making you forget something. And it's one of those things where, like, um, I'm not not to get too personal, but, like, my uncle, um, you know, was doing that, was, like, doing, like, hard drugs, shooting up and everything. Mm-hmm. And I found out recently that when he went to juvenile detention, he might have been, you know, sexually molested. Mm. And my grandfather, it, again, that's why I say, like, a lot of healing comes from your mm-hmm. parents. And you don't even realize it until mm-hmm. you get older. But was my grandfather was born in 1927. I don't have to tell you. You tell a man from 1927 something like that happened. He's not talking about it. He's shutting it down. Mm-hmm. You know, like no, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's what happened. Obviously, there's a lot to unpack there. But I wouldn't be surprised if that is definitely 
causing because I always tell people like a lot of people in my family they're this old but really they're 14, 15, 16. I always tell people like don't look physically at somebody like oh yeah mm-hmm. they're mature. Mm-mm. You can be 65 years I old and something just be the other wild. day it was like it was something along the lines of like you really become an adult in your 50s. Mm. And I'm like thinking about that statement and the ins and outs of it in a worldly view and saying to myself then what is the pressure on the age dip or the age range of 18 to 25 to 30 because I do encounter 30 year olds that do feel like children at their core but they're in positions of 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 power or positions of influence that require way more maturity. Yeah. Bingo. Decision making. Bingo. Yeah. So on one hand, I think, well, if you really hit your stride at 20 or if you really hit your stride at 50, then when you're in your 20s and your 30s, the scope might need to be a little different to allow you to be more of a kid, to allow you to be more youthful so that you're not searching for that in an unhealthy way by the time you become 40 and 50. Mm-hmm. When you have disposable income. Bingo. Because when you have disposable income. And we live in a world where it's easy to get something quick. So much easier than it was even 10 years ago. Yeah. Every day it gets easier. Exactly. Every day it gets easier. Exactly. Going every day it gets easier. So let me ask you this. So do you think, like, where where is that? Get? I feel like this kind of reminds me of, like, what Gary Vee preaches. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a number. Like, why are you why are you stressing? Like, you're like, getting started at thirty. You know, right. like you just you just got to the finish line. You just got started at thirty. It's one of those things where I think is why even worry about trying to achieve something. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to say like you want to have goals. Like, I don't want to not say that. Right. But I think the goal should be figuring yourself out first. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Do all the different things that you're like, oh, that's a bad idea. Nope, do yep. it. The second you think that, just do it now. At that point, do it. Because your brain's now trying to tell you, like, no, that's dangerous or that's not worth the effort because you're going to not get anything in return. Yeah. No. So I think that's what it stops people. From, I, I'll, you know what? I'll just use me as an example just mm-hmm. so everyone knows I'm not coming from, like, a preachy <laughs> place. This episode today. Yeah. Like, I got to be honest with you. Had I not met you at the hotel. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance I'd be like, oh, I want to start a podcast with everybody I meet. I want to start a podcast. I want to start this. I want to do this. Ah, bro, I got tired of it. I got tired of it. I got I got annoyed with myself. I was like, I'm literally causing myself stress. Mm-hmm. I'm over here depressed or sad and having anxiety about something, and I literally can control it. Yeah. All I have to do is like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. And you correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you were waiting on me to tell you, hey, let's go record. I really was. I, I kind of sensed it I really a little was. bit, especially after the, um, the, the, the march and everything. I uh-huh. kind of sensed it right then uh-huh. and there. And then because especially after I started talking to, to Brad. Yep. And you were like, yeah, I just need him to compel me to go. And let's go. That's how that's I like to operate. Yeah, that's how no, I felt. It was, th- it was the best thing. I think that in life there are a lot of the push and pulls. And I think this is, this is one of them. It's like. For those who are who are like listening in and don't know how Nadal and I connected, I was checking out of a hotel, a hotel that he manages, and got to a point where I'm like almost to the car, and my wife says, "You should go talk to the front desk and see if there's any like group rates since you stay here so much." 
okay. And as I'm walking to the front desk, I see Nadal. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey. And there's a moment where the conversation sparks. And then I'll spare the rest because it's a long, long story (laughs) that you'll get as the podcast grows. But in that moment, if I hadn't have turned and decided to go, you know, chat with you, which we did end up talking about the rates and whatnot, we wouldn't have had this moment. So then you were able to say, okay, well, you know, this is what I want to do. And also, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. And then it was the podcast question. And then some time passed, and then we connected again at some events, and then it's like now we're here, and I so feel you that it is a matter of action. And I think that me being willing to do what what you've got the vision for also helps you come to this point. It gives me the confidence. Yeah. It gives me that confidence. Like, okay, okay. So I'm not like, I guess imposter syndrome. I've, sure. I've, I've read the description of that. And I don't, sure. It's not always a hundred percent like accurate to what I'm trying to describe, right. but like, Oh, why should I have a podcast? Like, what do I have to say that? No, why, that is wh- that. Why do I feel like I'm important enough to talk about this? 1000% imposter. Um, syndrome. But I get, I get told a lot like, Oh, Nadal, you have to be careful with your energy. Like, um, I've had a homegirl tell me like, Nadal, when you're dating somebody, Give them 20%. They don't deserve 100% of it all because 100% disagree. of it all is not, you know, normal. I disagree. Okay. I disagree. No, no, I'm, bro, I, listen, I'm, I, I'm always. With homegirl, no disrespect, <laughs> I disagree. I just want to jump in and say I think that in in relationships in general, take intimacy out of it, um, partnerships, yeah. friendships, yeah, you, you have to gauge what you give the other person, mm-hmm. but you can't limit it to only being 20% or whatever a number is because sometimes it does need to be 100%. Yeah. Sometimes it does need to be a lot less than that. Um, and I think in intimate partnerships, more specifically, the goal is more times than not, I mean, 99.9% of the time, it's it's unity and it's oneness. So when you choose to not give somebody a part of yourself that is blocking that you're doing both of you disservice exactly exactly that was my theory behind it it was like how can i work on a a relationship or a partnership Mm -hmm. and not give a hundred percent because i'm scared that i might be taken advantage of or or used but it's one of those things where like you just kind of have to take that risk Right. You, you just you it's it's un, it's unfortunate. Facts. Cuz think about <laughs> it. Like think about if if you are like I have I have two friends that I love so much and they're mm-hmm. they are attracted to each other on so many different levels. Yeah. Well, and you telling me about Yeah, that. yeah. And you at this, yeah. and and they they are both a bit shy with love and I I mean rightfully so. And one party is like, well, what if they something, something, something? And the other party is, well, what if I'm something, something, something? And it's like, you're, 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 you're cutting yourself off, though. Like, y- you don't even know because let's say, let's say the other person is a shysty scammer. But what if they're only that way because of the last relationship that they were in? And what if you're it's that? Wall. What if you're that? Exactly. What if you're that beacon of light? That comes in. What if you're that sledgehammer that wall needs? Boom! <laughs> Go Boom. break that shit, man. Go break it down. And, it, and and you never know that, and they never know that. And I think that one, uh, like, kind of going back to the, the timeline of the age and when you reach certain 
either maturity levels or levels of influence. It's like there's so much time right now in our 20s and 30s and 40s and we can look at science and we know that our lifespan is getting longer. So we're living longer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of life to be lived. Oh, yeah. 70 maybe 80 years of life if you're taking care of yourself and i have a full confidence that our generation and generations to come are getting healthier oh, we're gonna, oh no our generation is 10 times healthier than pool man exactly so it's like, like even really just the most re- the most recent generation i think just the way the world more health conscious facts. i think that if you look at the restaurants that are up and around now like facts. burger king mcdonald's i'm sure still make their bill that's probably my brother yeah uh probably make billions of dollars but you don't it's not advertised as much I don't pay attention to it. No, I mean, but that, that could be due with the way we consume media. I think so too, and like I think that's gonna shift. So, and they know they don't. Mar- McDonald's doesn't market there because exactly. they know we're not gonna go. Exactly, we're gonna go on some two a.m. drunk and just and get some chicken nuggets and call it a wrap. Bingo, but bingo. For the most part, we're not gonna live there. Exactly, yeah. and that's gonna start to hurt their pockets. And I think that when those things all factor together, people will realize that. There is so much life to be lived, and I can yeah. give myself a shot you at a relationship. I can give myself a, um, like a moment to be in with someone, yeah, and not have it like stressed about time. Like, oh, I'm this age, and I need to have this. It's yeah. like, nah. So where does that happen though? Like, where where is that being indoctrinated? I don't know. Like, being pushed. Where's that agenda coming from? Ooh, I'm gonna be the one. Too many people for it to be like a conspiracy. Does that make sense? Right. I think it's, it's like what people say social media, but I think what they really mean is it's like the mass hysteria. Yeah, social media is too new for it to be that. And like, like I think people. My parents' generation is like that. I I think that's why the divorce rate's so high. Ooh, people are finding stuff out later. Bingo. Later on. Bingo. It's like now we can figure it out. Now. Yeah. We can say. Oh, I don't need to follow traditional religion and I can move in with someone and I can live with someone. I can be intimate with someone. I can figure out these things mm-hmm. before I decide to spend the rest of my life with them, before I decide to procreate with them, where 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago was not the case. A lot I mean, of times you didn't know that person until you were getting married. Exactly. It, it literally like from a, from arranged marriages wedding, yeah. to to people that were literally like, oh, I, I think you are the idea my of a partner. My grandparents were in arrangement, w- uh, was an arranged marriage. Perspective. So it's one of those things where, like, that's not that's we're talking two generations. Wow. For that, it's, it's generations, ten years, people. Yeah. That's <laughs> twenty yeah. years. It's not it's not a big jump. So it's one of those things where, like, it's I don't think people realize how. I think that when people get frustrated, I mm-hmm. think they need to go in with a better understanding. Like, oh, okay, this is a lot fresher and newer. Yeah. This isn't a long-lasting issue. Facts. We just live in a world of fifteen-minute, five-minute segments where mm-hmm. something that was five years feels like forever. Yeah, but in reality, the actual wow. world and things of like no five years is not forever. It's uh-huh. a very short, small period of time. Uh huh. You know, I used to think that. Well, I used to have this fear. I, I have a lot of fears, but yeah. we'll probably talk about those. But one of them was that like, how am I gonna remember things? My biggest fear was that like I wasn't gonna have my memories. Seriously, I'm like, how am I gonna remember this day from like 2011? It was like so much fun, so much bliss, pure yeah. happiness. And I think something that's unique about life and experiencing, man, yes. I and I want to build on that exactly because I feel like having dreams is also 
or having a dream is also like you're always continuing to shoot for something. Oh, absolutely. So, so you're not always living in the oh, what was that memory from back then? It's like, yeah. well, I have a dream of something else. That's not, that's not really healthy. You think to live in because then you're just like you're Bingo. not in the present. Uh huh. No longer in the present. Uh huh. So it's one of those things where I think like when I know when I dream is you know I was I described like one of my first therapy sessions I talked about how I had a dream where I was flying and then all of a sudden I was I lost it like I was starting to like putter out like I couldn't I was like oh uh, and then mm-hmm. hit the ground wake up mm-hmm. uh, and I was just like why do you think that is I was like I honestly don't know it's like I don't know maybe it's like I need to achieve something or I don't feel sure about something and she's like that's probably what it is you got something that's unaddressed so that's when you know you start processing rumination. Okay, yeah. is it this? So you start working on it. Yeah. Uh, still feel that way. Next. But that's the thing though. That journey, that crossing of the desert, mm-hmm. you solve a lot of other stuff. As mm-hmm. you're trying to find that one thing, you're fixing this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. Right. You don't even realize you're fixing it. Right. But you are. Until a situation comes up, you're like, you're like, oh, how would I normally react differently to that? Yeah. Why did yeah. I do that instead? And yeah. it's like, oh, setting a boundary, or whatever it is. And I'm like, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but. Yeah, that's what I like. Dreams, I think, are there to remind us, mm-hmm. but also to check us mm-hmm. and to also keep us motivated. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree because I dream so much that it is sometimes intoxicating. Are they vivid? Yes. And then you can't like recall exactly what the dream was later? No. Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. And I, I think that they are vivid because... I have conditioned myself to do a lot of visual visualization work. So when I'm preparing myself for an event or I'm preparing myself for a conversation, maybe a meeting, an interview, I'm constantly working on a visualization of what that looks like. Mm. So sometimes I feel like in my mind, I've just created this reality of practice space. Okay. So maybe my dreams practice are. Practice space, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that. Practice I, I, space. I, that just came to me right there. It's like just you can just like step in and feel everything out. I mean, truly, like I want to like take a second yeah. to talk about this because with DJing and with business deals specifically, those are big performance yeah. moments. And so when I go into a set, I'm oftentimes preparing for days or weeks, sometimes even months prior. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's not me practicing physically standing in front of my decks and playing the music and imagining that there's a crowd. It's me listening to the songs that I want to play and kind of like if you were to imagine a virtual reality space, it's like it would be a DJ set up there. I literally didn't take my DJ decks out and set them up, but in my head I'm standing in front of my DJ tables and I'm playing the songs that I'm going to play in this visualization Mm -hmm. practice space same with 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 business that deals and so it feels like when you dream too if you kind of already live in that space you you're never i say you i never feel captive to my dreams i feel real in control but in control in the way of you're in a sandbox yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, you're in a sandbox. In this controlled environment, mm-hmm. whatever I say goes. Bingo. Period. Bingo. Huh. Yeah. 
I like that. You have a practice pit. Practice place, yeah. space, right? Space, yeah. And I, I like think that, that comes from basketball too. When you think about like having a gym, being able to just get in the gym, and I li- I'd like to be able to hoop any time of the well day. Well, your entire life has been training your mind to go somewhere to achieve something. That's true. You gotta That's think about true. it. Even before you knew you wanted to be a DJ, you were you, you were competitive. Mm. Played, you know, college. Did you play college ball? Yep. Yeah. So you played competitive basketball. So you've already trained your go remember how i described you going into the zone yeah and it was a physical thing for you because for years it was a physical thing that had mentally it happened in the locker room and then boom physically that's true your body caught up that's true because you've already did the prep work prior to that that's true so it's one of those things where like that that's where it's like you condition so that's why it like makes sense that's how your brain would associate it mm-hmm. where it's like this is how now it's game time gosh bro it's so interesting that you say that because i had that moment in my set last night I was it was a lot of stuff going on. It was probably seven, eight, nine hundred people in in. I was watching Instagram. We had uh, it was Eid yesterday, so I was having we were having dinner with the family. Mm -hmm. I was was watching. I was like, man, it was so bad. It was. It's the beach vibes in there too. Yeah. Basically wearing this, I was like, I could have showed up like this. You could have pulled up, yo. Everybody. Slides on. I was like, I had the Adidas socks with the champ slides. Yo, I kid you not. I almost, I almost pulled out flip flops and or sandals for the set. I'm like, it would have matched. It's outside right there, the gym. Yeah, yes, so it's yes. It's it was swampy. I'm not even gonna lie, there, man. I, I saw Spunk was there. Man, Spunk was there. Yourself, Quora, uh, everybody Quora, was there. A uh, couple other DJ homies that I rock with, uh, Marcus Thompson. Oh, they're all gonna get to uh, Kylie Josie. They they I'm had be all incredible in their DMs. sets. You got to. I'm you like Jalen. Just send me the list of the DMs. I'm about to start firing. This I, off. Will, I will. I will. I will. Like four months of podcasts ready to go. Truly, like, because they're they're so talented too, and I think that they'll give such an interesting take on the whole thing because it's like when you're when you're performing you said your physical has to catch up with your mental yeah and it was like that moment happened to me last night i had a roughly 90 minute set yeah is that is that seven is that a long like what's a just a so a a performance set is is anywhere from 60 to 120 minutes if you were performing at a at a festival at a at an event that had multiple performers, you're gonna you're gonna perform that that length of a set. Sometimes 45 minutes. Okay. Um, if you are performing at like a club or if you're maybe like a party DJ, you you'll have somewhere between hours. a three to five hour set. Oh, okay. Um, some of the top DJs in large cities play like a six hour set. Your Vegas, your Atlantic cities, your Miamis. That's why they do twelve. Bingo. And that's why they make that big. Keep that energy like that. Exactly. Exactly. That's why they drink all the Red Bulls and Fiji waters. I'm like. Okay, all right. I'm not getting a DJ. Need yeah. a couple calories. I'm telling you. No, I I need to check my <laughs> I need to check my numbers from yesterday because I know I was burning them. Well, I know that's plus that one thing made me laugh. <laughs> like I didn't know what to do with myself right here, and he was just making <laughs> random moves. I was like, "Dog, look good to me. I can't dance for shit." So Man, that's how I dance. I mean, so listen, you, listen. You hit it. You found a niche right there. Yes. Keep, build, keep posting those. You made me feel like no, I'm not alone. Well, you know, I can't dance for I, nothing. Man. I don't feel Thank like God I, can I don't dance like. Either. I like to sit in the corner because, <laughs> and I don't like to dance. I don't have like the urge to want to do it because I just it'd be I'd be sad all the time. Yo, it's like, it's there. There's so many aspects of it, but I think the core of it is letting the rhythm move you. M- move you. Yeah. I mean, one thousand percent. I think I may have said this to you off mic, but I had a friend mention to me that we're that humans like 70 percent water or some change and that you can watch videos of 
speakers playing music or, or playing sound at certain hertz levels. Yeah. And it, it affects the way that the water moves. Yeah. A- oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like different patterns and everything. So if we're 70% water and hertz move a water flow like that, then what does that say about music? Music moves us. If we're 70% water and I'm watching this stream of water be moved by sound coming out of the speaker, there's something to be had with the music that's played in all these spaces. Yeah. So I kind of got this challenge. I'm like, oh, I need to figure out what music at what level makes people move, and I figured yeah. it out. And right. I think that – You hear that, guys? Your DJ knows how to control you when you're at the club. Bingo. He, he knows what you're going to do because he's telling you what to do. Bingo. And it's it's like it's so rewarding because you can then – shift yourself and it's like that's what happened last night like yeah. my physical caught up with my mental because mentally i was there yeah physically it was like i had all this energy like pinned up right you're here. always on go so like i, I always on go. i would imagine it's a lot of times like you're getting there you're setting up and then boom it's okay it's, it's literally time to go it's like literally it's time like to go play let's go chorus playing before me she's having an incredible set and as as a DJ and as her DJ partner, I'm listening to everything that she's playing and I'm listening to the crowd react. Yeah. And I'm peeking out every now and again. I'm mm-hmm. watching the crowd move and I'm like, okay, what is she playing? And what am I going to play that's going to be like that? If she's the 1A, I'm the 1B. So mm-hmm. how do I complement that to continue to take that party to the next level? How do I not take them down too far? Because we already saw they don't, li- don't want to be there. Exactly. Yeah. They want to be up. Mm-hmm. And then how am I also like keeping up with Okay, it's hot. So I also have to be mindful of not to turn them up so much that like I drive people off the dance floor and they're passing out and whatever, whatever. So it's a it's a unique balance. But once it all clicks, it really is so rewarding. And I think that that is what pushes DJs to that next level of just understanding how to cater to that crowd and give them exactly what they need. Because it's to me, it becomes like wellness at some point. I'm like, oh, y'all have literally been in the house or maybe in your office cubicle or maybe doing something, something all week. This is a release, Mm -hmm. a release. It reminds me every time like that, like I see a DJ like up there doing their thing. Have you seen The Matrix? Mm -hmm. So remember, I want to say it was the second one when they go back to Zion and they're all just basically having a, they're just all getting it in that thing. Thousands of people. And it's just, it's. Morpheus up on there just giving this speech and they start beating the drums. Mm. And it's just booming. Like you just see everyone's da- jumping. Uh-huh. It's very more animal, uh, animalistic dancing kind of. Uh-huh. I'm not being aggressive, but like everyone's For rubbing sure. into each other, like jumping and moving around. It was like, and I was like, okay, see, I get it. That was kind of like what you described. Yes. It, 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 I would describe their dancing as drums being yeah. beat. So I have this thing where I sometimes say that like, I don't need to look up at the crowd yeah. sometimes. Like, I'll go through pockets of my set. I don't need to see the crowd reacting. I use, like, my other senses. Yeah. One, my vision isn't the best of these. Like, I have very poor vision. Mm-hmm. So my, my other senses are heightened. So when I'm on the stage and I'm playing music, I am scanning the crowd. But I'm also audibly listening to the crowd. Yeah. I can feel the energy. I'm not, yeah. I'm not capping. And so I know when it's strong and it's like sometimes I don't even need to either dial into the my, my library. I'm like, oh, I know the next songs to play. Because oh, if okay. their energy level is at this, I've played this you know I can so many times. I, I can, let me I just let me let me just get to the point. Yeah. Let me get to the point. Yeah. Let me give them what they need. 
and and with there's this revolution happening in club music and in party music where we're getting to the dance music. We're getting to house. Don't get me in the club. I'm telling you, Nadal. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm comfortable with that. I'm telling you. I like I like what they play in the club now, but it's just like ah, I'm good. No, it's and I think someone like yourself who really analyzes rooms and and spaces, you it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I want you to elaborate, but it's like you will see the the aura of the room changing as yeah. this music changes over these next couple of years. See, I'm, I'm excited. See, that's another thing why with that project I'm wanting to do, like mm-hmm. I don't want to put it out there and get guests on. I want to get every – I like course. the plan, if that of makes course. sense. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm excited to see what I learn from the di- – like as like I'm going to watch it. It's kind of like watching somebody lose weight. Mm. Right, mm. and just one day, boom, it's different. But then you go back, it's like, oh, I remember when I did this, and that's when you start like, okay, that's I, I noticed a lot more than I thought I noticed. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I did this and this, and like, oh, I remember when I tried, they tried this, it didn't really work, so I kind of went back and things like that. Like I see it with video games a lot. It's like Halo, because I, I play every Halo comes out, like it's you know religious, and it's it's one of those things where like you kind of see like, oh, I see where like, this is new, but they definitely went back like ten years, like borrow from this. I, so I, th- I, I like to see how things get done. I like the process behind things. So that's what I'm excited about is your time. Like it's going like this is going to change mm-hmm. and you're going to see it change. I'm excited about getting to actually like witness and like, oh, that's all cool. Get to see like what was actually tried during that time period that just didn't make it. That just wasn't this didn't go further than that. Yes. Kind of like the T-Mobile side thing. Yeah. Literally, you get what I'm saying. Like Literally. that used to be, that was so popular, and then it just disappeared. You're like, oh, see, it also it didn't work. Huh. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, I, I, I think DJing is like a good thing for me to observe, is because so many different things. For my ADHD, it's there's so it's fi- like everything's firing. When I'm like when I was watching you at point, like, oh, all the neurons were. I was like, yeah, he's doing that. He's still smoking. He's like, oh, it's yeah. Oh, he's running over there to grab a drink. Oh, wait, he's dancing now. Oh, Chick shit. just got into a fight. He got yeah, he's low. Like, oh, I gotta made like one little joke, hit, so, hit play, and then boom, everyone's like, pretend like it didn't even happen. <laughs> and they're still fighting in the background, by the way. Yo, and, and people like, didn't realize that. Like, they, like, everyone was watching them. Then you made a joke, you hit play. It, within five seconds, it was as if those people did not exist. And they were in the back. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, there's something about that one song that I played. I yeah. played it last night. And a chick got on the stage, lost her mind, like fell over, knocked the speaker over. I'm like, I'm gonna have to retire this song from my set. And it's so good. But it is a party aggravator. It's an agitator. Oh, I'm like, I had to get out of that song. I'm like, okay. You can play it at the tree mound. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It, it's it's two for two. If I play it anywhere else, it's gonna it's gonna go off. Whether I play it at somebody's wedding, whether I play it at a bar mitzvah, whether I play it at the tree lounge, whether I play it at Scissor Tail Park. I'm like, jeez, Louise. It makes you wonder, like, what was unlocked in that song that there's like, or is it something that's happening in the remix that's unlocked? It, that's what I'm saying. Right. There's something that's happening in the remix. Make, there's no way it's just the song. No, it's it's the remix, and that's that's again, that's it. It's the science of the music making because it's got a the baseline. I mean, DJs we call it grime. Like it's it's grime and it's trap and it's kind of garage bass like and so when that when the drop hits it's got this real i'm trying to think like you know when you hit the uh you know a door stopper and you you flick it and it goes oh oh 
no, I, yeah. it's like take that first like and then extend it over and speaking musical for a second 16 bars okay. so it's like the beat hits and then there's a delay so imagine you getting punched in the chest and you go <gasps> so the beat hits and it's like <gasps> there's like a one count a two count a three count and on that fourth count the bass comes in and then it's like this ricochet and when you hear it over club speakers it's like Dramatic. it does make me want to fight it does. As a matter of fact, I do want to knock a speaker over. <laughs> I've got the visualization. See, this is where my, my this is where I'm very imagined. This is You're in the practice zone. Right. Listen, You're seeing this it. This is where, like, I just imagine you playing that song, <laughs> scanning the crowd, like, and you just like, and you just, you just decking somebody. <laughs> it is so true. Right. Because as the DJ, it's like, it's it's the, gosh, I can't. I don't even know what else to to describe it as. But you know what's coming, and yeah. maybe. Maybe three percent of the population in the crowd also know what's coming. Two percent of that because they know music and they know a drop is coming. One percent because that one person also has that song in their set. Yeah, but when you play and a they song, know they're ducking off. They somewhere. know. They're like, oh shit, it's about to go down. I need sit to down get somebody here. Hold on. Grab my drink. Hold it up. High. Hold it up high. Just, just because I know what's happening, and I think that there's something to be had about that. What started to pique my interest was like my first dubstep show, mm. and I saw the headbanging. I'm like, wait a minute. Everybody knows what to do. Why does everybody know what to do? Yeah. This beat is coming. This drop is coming. And everybody's grabbing the rail and they're slamming their head. And I'm like, by the fourth song, I was slamming my head. I'm like, this shit is great. Is this? Oh, no. It's my liberating. brother got me into dubstep. I'm like, dang. Like, the whole neck snap. Like Everything about it. it it's it's one of the, it, it's stank face music. Yes. It really is. Yes. It's stank face yes. music with no words. No words. I love it. Cause like my brother, like uh, I remember my first introduction. I don't remember who it was. To be honest with you, I hate to say that, but I, no, it's but okay. I just remember it's okay. like the experience. We're sitting in the car. My brother looks like I got something for you. And you'll meet my little brother Amir. Oh at some point. man! But he uh, he walked over and he we're in the car. He's like, turns it up, rolls the windows up because he don't want no sound coming out. Just to and he goes, and he goes, and he goes, and he goes. <gasps> He you'll yeah. see him do that. You'll see the fact that you're a DJ. He'll want to ask you because he loves music. But yes. he goes, "What I tell you? What I tell you?" <laughs> and then and I then we that. replayed the you know the drop 45 times in of a row, course. and then we finished the song. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, so do you think? That's the wrong question. I had a process in there. It just kind of yeah. popped in there. No, no. But I no, it's one of those. Like, do you find yourself? Now that you're aware of it, wanting to pursue that, does that make sense? Not necessarily the headbanging, but like now you know you have that that song in your back pocket. If let's say the crowd might be dead, you're like, okay, maybe I can lead up to this just to kind of maybe wake it up a little bit more. I because think they're so. coming from such a low place. Yes, and and I'll speak from experience. So last night, again, I had a 90 minute set. So my set is built like think of. Uh, I'm gonna give two examples. Think of. Um, like a crescendo, and then you've got your rises and your falls, your peaks and your valleys, and then think of um, like when you're in literature, and maybe like you learned about your rising action, your climax, yeah. your falling action, whatever, whatever. So my set has multiple rising actions, climaxes, and falling mm-hmm. actions, but it but it's always it's on an upward path until it gets to the peak, yeah. and then it's a direct cool down, okay, okay. pretty quick. So. There are songs that I have kind of like this this edit that we're speaking of that are strategically, that can strategically be played yeah. 
to bring that energy up and, and I mean, kind of, I, I set it up in a way, I mean, I played a couple of songs right before that that made it the energy the way that it was. And so <laughs> to answer your question, yes, because in that 90-minute set, there were probably three peaks that I had envisioned that, that, that I had in my yeah. practice space. I'm like, I'm going to hit three peaks. 90 minutes, I need to hit three peaks, one every 30 minutes or so. And when I do that, I need to have a, a back out plan, an exit strategy. Yeah. Because if that peak goes wrong, <laughs> i.e. too much energy, oh. fight, someone knocks a speaker over, I got to be able to get into a song that cools it down to keep the oh, energy okay. still there. So the first peak was, was some ballet. It was real grimy. It went great, great crowd reaction. You can mm-hmm. see it on my Instagram. Second video or, or se- second peak was the edit. And I'm like, it went wrong. <laughs> so we're going to get out of that <laughs> one. Third peak was a different vibe and it went really well. And I think that in all of those spaces, I had, again, the exit strategy. But it, as the DJ, you have to be willing, and this, this, is, this is me saying, like, you have to be willing to push that boundary because that's what you're booked for. You're yeah. the performer. Yeah. You're, you're the expert in the room during that time frame. They want you to get as close to that as possible with ideally not getting there. Exactly. Because you have to think, and, and I'm saying you, and I'm speaking to any performer, any entertainer yeah. listening, but it's like. Anyone, their job is to grab your attention. Seriously, and and when you're when you're in these spaces, these people, these guests, these patrons, are looking for that experience because it's it's like the Jay Z line: you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here. Mm-hmm. So let me give you everything. Let me give, give you everything. Got to give them what they want. That's what they're here for. That's what they paid. They didn't even pay. They was free to get in. It was free to get in. It was free rosé, froze all day. Frozen, frozen rosé. Listen. They so lucky we eat. I'm a cannabis guy. I've been the only Arab in there. Listen. (laughs) No, 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 no. Nadal, this is the greatest thing. This is the greatest thing. Oh, my gosh. This is so awesome. So the DJ before me messages me prior to the set. She's like, the crowd is predominantly white. And I said, Okay. It's the Jones Assembly. (laughs) No, 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 literally. It's the Jones Assembly. Yeah, so it's not surprising. It's their demographic. When I arrived, there was more color in the crowd than I have ever seen at the Jones Assembly. See, that's when I was watching your your uh, your stories. I was like, oh, that's uh huh. I had some people pull up that I'm like, and, and 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 this is like. Big shout out to Jones Assembly. This is like how I know they needed it. They they needed it, and they did a really good job of booking their lineup because there were three black artists back to back to back: Marcus Thompson, Cora Wave, and myself. Yeah. So Marcus played EDM, pretty much a strictly all EDM set. Cora played a mix of pop, hip hop, Afro, house, Latin, and then I played Latin, house, Afro. Did you guys plan that with each other? Or we, how it fell? we 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 kind of planned or it. We already kind of know each other. But we know each other. Okay, okay, so okay. And, and I'm pushing a certain sound and she's pushing a certain okay, sound. Okay. It's like it's like we're politicians. So, that just so we happens naturally. Exactly. All the time. Okay. But they did a really good job of lining the lineup up because yeah. then I ended on the outdoor stage and then the next performance, the next the last three performances were on the indoor stage. So you had a transition. Oh. I was basically the closer on the outdoor stage 
And then the indoor stage was almost a completely different demographic. Okay. It was a an Asian rapper singer was really good okay um then kylie josie who's a super talented dj edm she's a visual dj as well she does like four sets a year she's like legit four sets a year year, like 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 i'm only stepping out to do the biggest and baddest shows they're so so good and then there was blaco who closed the night out so from our set to their set you got the eclectic mix oh yeah that i felt like when That's when Cora got there, she was like, ah, you know, the, the demographic is kind of one way. I'm like, yeah, but wait on it. Your set's at seven, and you got there at six. People not sure. People know your set starts at seven. Yeah. People know my set starts at eight thirty. People come for their people. Exactly. So it was so cool to see that. So I say all that to say, you would have walked in there and been like, hey, never mind. Because What's some up? of because <laughs> some of my. Middle Eastern, some of my West Asian, some of my Indian friends, yeah. some of my Persian friends were there. And I'm like, oh, like yeah. legit. Uh, I'm wearing a hat for Cannabis Hangout. There Shout out go. to Saab. Sabah, she, um, she is West Asian. I'm trying to think. I think she is Pakistani. And then um, my friend Pinky, her and her husband were there. They're Patels. Okay. Um, I don't know. Hotels and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Is Patel like Johnson? I don't know. Like, like, like to the American name, like you know how there's like hella Johnsons or hella Smiths. That's the thing. I don't know. Honestly. Is that like I, how I the Patel name I is? Really Do you know? Because I've, I've heard it both ways, that it is, and that no, 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 it's just that big. I'm like, I don't I'm know. Like, I don't know. I need to ask a Patel. Yeah, like, like I was like, I'd ask my owner, but I never see him. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> He's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of real estate. Yeah. He's probably got a lot of things to manage. You know, it'd be the weird first question to ask him after. You know. Hey, bro, is your last name like the American last name like Johnson? Johnson and Johnson. Is or it like Smith? Is it like Brown? Yeah. Because everybody's got that last name. Also, I think in that culture, though, it's common if you're a, a man marrying into a big family that might be bigger that you might assume that last name. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Interesting. If that's the case, that you might have a lot. Oh, of then it's a snowball. You get what I'm saying? You see how big that gets? Oh my! <laughs> now that I'm saying it, it makes sense as to why that was a rule. It makes a lot of sense. So then you, you know, you have just a sea. Peep the oligarchy. Yeah. That's a way to a give a lasting impression. Facts. You know what's sad? Probably the reason for it was the small petty thing. Like I just want to be known. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I, I am the Patel. Humans will never change on that aspect. That's mm-hmm. why I laugh at that because I think it's always funny, like how that evolves and changes, like how and people, like you know, presidents, you know, sign laws, dictators, and things like they start passing certain laws that last forever, like you know, taxes is a great example of something that shouldn't exist. But I'm not trying to hear complain about taxes, people. I'm just saying, prime example of a lot of rules and regulations were just because somebody wants a reason to regulate. I, it's like, it's, this feels like the conspiracy theory hour, <laughs> because that's what the weed does to it you. does, it, no, it does, it creeps on you, it creeps, that's when you know you're high, it even if you don't feel it, you start talking like I'm that, like, you're high, oh snap, I'm about to go into conspiracy theory, but it's like my one thing is like, that's what I feel like part of the cannabis legalization in Oklahoma was, yeah. it's like the second land run, oh it really is, I'm like, and it's a long land run, it's a long land run. Oklahoma's making it in, so they're not going to stop it. And and I feel like 
I, I, part of me feels like state question 818, 819, and 820 aren't going to pass. So remind me exactly what So 818 and 819 are together recreational legalization. Okay. 820 is recreational legalization. What I know and what I'm only going to speak on is 818 and 819 are state-based. 820 is national-based. So a national company came in. Everyone in like with the green jackets, the green shirts that yeah. did the big signage, like that's a national company that paid a lot of money to get it legalized. That's like a Marlboro coming in. Bingo. So what I they're the ones that be probably paying to get that passed. So what I don't my bad. Th- sorry, exactly, that's companies don't, don't like. pay for that to happen. But that, that, that's the thing though. It's, it's like that's what I don't like though. That's I'm like I hate they call it lobbying. It but if they hear an exchange of money, it's illegal. I'm like but that's what lobbying is. But that's what lobbying is. And you guys talk about it like it's okay all the time. That's what, like. Make up your mind, bro. They can't. If you're gonna be illegal, just we know because you're doing it. Just, just stop hiding. Because we once we happening. figure out the loophole, because that's the thing, they figure out the loophole, right. and then we figure out, we as a society figure out the loophole, and they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it's like, that's to a nah. certain extent, the system is designed to win. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really, really hard. hard, and you have to. It's when you know that saying, you have to who you know, not what you know. Mm-hmm. It's because you don't know, you need to find somebody who does. I and I'm gonna just say that is like, I think that's what's like gonna be the forefront of my life's mission, is that if I know how to win, I'm well gonna that's tell something everybody. I peeped about you. You don't even have to tell me that. Like I, I have, man. I thank peeped, you. Brad and I talked about it after the march when we were sitting over there talking for a little bit, and me and him were just kind of like, no, it, he's really good about getting things done by delegation because when he delegates it allows people to kind of get things done that they might not have it allows people oh oh i can't do that or you know things like that he's like you how he's how you've helped him kind of evolve as a dj yes because you've delegated him to do certain things yes that he probably otherwise thought he couldn't do yes so it's one of those things where like that's where i I peeped that about you real quick so your that is your energy thank you i would describe your energy is like Tom Brady, you know how he gets on the, the Buccaneers. Don't again, they're trash guys. The Buccaneers were trash. They were not a Super Bowl team. They were not. There. And then they won the Super Bowl. His and first they year. won the Super but Bowl. But you get my point First there? year, he like makes, he makes everyone around him better from his presence. Damn, bro, that gives and me chills. And then God forbid he sits there and like starts giving you advice outside of his presence. Boom, you're winning. You're winning. You're winning. And and. That's a really good explanation because that helps me grasp Tom Brady as like a human because I do struggle with the athlete that he is, but I think it only took me getting to me well. And he definitely doesn't have the same views as us. Bingo. He might have the same work ethic as a lot of us. Yes. I always tell people like just because you might not have the same views, the work ethic, you always have something in common with somebody. Yes. And see, even, even on that line right there the work ethic even down to the core i feel like there's got to be some similarities but there's something there's like outside opposing forces that make sometimes those individuals not able to grapple with those core values Mm -hmm. Um, basically i'm trying to say like someone like tom brady i feel like he don't really he don't really feel the way that donald trump feels or maybe you think he does. That's the thing. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to excuse it. I just like no, I no, no, no. Open minded. Yeah, about yeah. It. I want to be open minded. That about man it has a massive amount of money. 
So it's like you really think when you get to I that point. I think Trump was just good for people with that amount of money. And that's where, like, I'm, I don't want to get into, like, the racist stuff, but, like, I, I, I have a lot of, like, I follow a lot of soft stuff on Twitter. Yeah. And I purposely try to follow, like, people of color, so, like, you know, uh, Arabs and all that. Yeah. They were all preaching Trump. They didn't care about anything else. I mean, obviously, greed was obviously their motivator. Um, people like you and I, we have, a, like, a moral standard that we hit before we hit, like, a financial stand. Like, uh, is that really worth the, the anxiety? And, the, like, I'm going to feel bad after this. I know I will, so why would I do it? But I think that's a lot of people like that. It's just like, ah, he was good for, for that. I, I agree. And I think, but to me, again, that feels like that's such a small, finite. Like, yeah. I do not want to say yeah. it's 60% or 20%. I, it's probably less than 5%. A family member in my family worked very closely with a multimillionaire. I yeah. mean, multimillionaire, very successful. During the Trump presidency, his bank account was at zero. During the Obama presidency, he had more money than his account. Mm. During Biden's presidency currently, his bank account has recovered, and he's back in, like, the eight-figure, That means nine the stock market uh, preference political. What you invest in is Democrat or Republican. You're not investing in a company. Are you Democrat or Republican? Bingo. Oh, wow. We might have just unlocked the secret. I think we did. Because that's probably how they're really – It really is. Democrat, and you just time it accordingly with who's – president yeah those people are not voting for any reason Mm-mm. other than their pockets mm-hmm. period and that's got to change and because they are going to sway it because he has influence yeah so he might not say anything about trump but he'll lose his hat in an election bro let me tell you this like Things what like that. what gives me what gives me so much hope and i just have to block out the naysayers is like if we cannot burn up this planet we will be so successful. Do you get anxiety about that? Yes. Even yes. though you're probably aware that it's not going to affect you directly? I and I say that in a very broad it's statement. It's like, like you're not going to see the ocean crash into a city. It's like um, two things are trying to get to one point. What yeah. gets there first? Yeah. Do we sh- do we save do we save humanity mm-hmm. or do we lose the planet? Or uh, it's I don't know how to say it, but like are we going to save humanity before we lose the planet, or are we going to be able to save humanity? Because I think we got to save humanity first yeah. before we save the planet, because I don't think we can save the planet without saving humanity. Here's here's my fear, and this is what – remember I was talking about blessing and a curse and uh-huh. analyzing? Uh-huh. Here's my fear. People use drugs to what? Escape, right? Even weed. Let's be honest. Even weed, people mm-hmm. use it to escape. Everyone uses something, a substance to escape, to get away from you. Play a video game to get away. Mm-hmm. Read a book to get away. You get it's always yeah. I you know I sit in my bathtub and listen to music to get away. Yeah, it's always in some form of escapism. Right. No one's trying to address, and I think saving the planet is also addressing. I think so too. And you look at movies and you talk about the end of the world and it's the human race left Earth. They didn't save Earth. They left Earth. You get you see where the mindset already is. The mindset's not even Yo. trying to save it. The mindset's Yo. invent something to leave. Yo. Look at Elon Musk. Look at Yo. Amazon. Even, even the uh, CEO of Amazon now has a space company and is working on moving to the moon or Mars. Either way, leaving Earth. You get where I'm going with it? The billionaires are now investing billions into leaving. Facebook is also part of it. So it's one of those things where, like, it's it, that's where I get my fear is 
or we do talk about saving others, but the actions are every step. Too I think they're so greedy that they literally. I think it's it goes yeah. back to the money. You have so much money, you you, you you disconnect. And I think so spiritually. We don't have the same problems. Nah, bro. Literally, money like does so- listen. Money one hundred percent solves a shit ton of problems. And and I have to like confidently say that I know that I'm gonna amass a lot of money and I'm going to give it right back because I can't Nadal, I can't have it. I can't. I can't. I, it's going to be so much that I'm it, it's going to make me cry to have the amount that I'm going to have. That kind of brings me to something. This is You're going to learn how my brain works. Like <laughs> You posted a story where you talked about like you wanted to transition into like a career of like directing or producing or both. Mm-hmm. And you don't know this about me, but and I'll show you some YouTube videos off camera here. Um, yeah. Or off, off it's one of those things where I actually did do a podcast with my friend Jamal and we did it about we called it the Stem Planet Podcast don't you can look it up on YouTube but uh, it's gonna pull up you're gonna have to search give me a couple pages but it's in there and we talked about like you know movies like breaking down movies how they felt like like I truly love movies so it's funny you say like I always had a dream of like directing a movie like I've always wanted to like highlight like not Middle Eastern culture but like have three brothers because I have three like I want to make it personal to me, but then like I want it to be a movie. This sounds bad, but you turn your brain off and you have a good time. I have it. I'm gonna picture it to you right now. I'll picture. It to so you. we're gonna tell it from two different perspectives. You've got your three brother perspective, mm-hmm. and you've got like me and my friend. Okay. And we're both on this just like life journey of like figuring things out, but it's like we kind of get to this point where we have like a mushroom trip separately it's got to be a mushroom trip specifically where we like see the world end Mm. i think i got you so the movie is the trip the movie is the trip okay okay but in seeing the world end we discover how to save the planet and kind of the mantra is like everybody wants to leave the planet nobody wants to stay and fight for the planet yeah and i'm like i'm now i'm deviating i'm i'm deviating away from the um plot but i listened to this podcast yesterday Mm -hmm. and this professional this cannabis professional said something to the effect of when you can grow you can grow a great plant when you don't have to interfere with the plant's growth plants know how to grow exactly so the so less intervention they g- they'll grow up the wall they know to go they know where to go yeah so so if you give them the best environment without intervening they will yield the best product and it made me think about the earth yeah. i'm like yo if we just tell her that we're with it she'll feel that she'll understand that she'll 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 see that it's not a, a population that's trying to tear her apart, that it's a population that's really trying to build her back. It's a population of broken people it's that a population are trying to figure stuff people. out and they're freaking out. They're backed up against the wall. Like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Bingo. So then in the plot, you and I, in our respective circles, like start to make noise yeah. and bring the people together. Yeah. And through social media, like we happen to get shared page to page. And I'm like, Hey, bro, you want to, like, collab on, on something? Like, like start start this movement? And then so then we start to build, and it's just, like, this feel-good story oh of yeah. building 
this community that is moving to save the planet. What can be achieved? Exactly. By simply taking that first step and not letting the fear of what might happen. Exactly. Might happen. I stress the might on that one. Bingo. Is like, okay, well, this could happen. The good thing. Amazing thing. But, you know, like, and start focusing on that. Change the perspective. Yes. It's a scavenger hunt. And it ends with yeah. us in this field. And we're talking to Earth. And she's talking to us. And yeah. it's basically like the movie ends with the ways to save the planet. Yeah. It's like, here's the ways <laughs> to save the planet. And it's like the, the camera is like zooming out. Yeah. And it's like all of us in the field. Yeah. And it's like this godlike voice, but it's a woman, and she's speaking to us, and she's like telling us the little, like step by step. Yeah. And then, like, on the screen, almost like credits, but it's like 10 things yeah. that you can do to save the planet. Yeah. I like that. That's it. I think you can even present it in a way that people can consume it. Yeah. So, like, make even make the threat to the earth. I know it's going to sound like. You know, but pass it like like an alien invasion or something. Give us specific powers through the trip because mm. you know that's what we're tripping, right? So like yeah. it's one of those things where like once you have that as like okay, no, they're on shrooms. So now it's like boom, the movie can now do whatever you want. You could even do like this is where I'm getting. This is where I like. Remember I was talking about like the way different directors approach yeah making a movie. So you kind of take the movie since you're on a trip. You can kind of have different parts of that story during the trip be told in a different type of way. Shot like a set of the cinematography yeah. is different. The style of tor- storytelling yes. is different. Um, people look like we might be aliens in one or something. Yeah, like, yeah, just like get, real you know, Avatar vibes. Just get maybe? real creative with it, and then mm-hmm. boom, it cuts to like now the story is continuing, but now we're we're back to looking regular like human beings, but we can yes. fly. You know, think things like that. You know, just we, we go in and out of different universes to tell the story. Yes. Oh, there we go. That's that. We that's go it. in and out that's of different it. universes that's to tell it. the story. That's it. So we find out how to save the Earth by entering different universes that we assume are different planets and stuff, but we find out are just different versions of the earth or iterations of the earth you know you like i think once you introduce the fact that we're all on that trip the mushrooms like you can kind of that's where the creativity comes right into play. because like now we can have fun and deliver this because me- you want to like i always talk about like remember he said you got to grab their attention uh-huh. you got to do it in a specific way that's how movies are listen when a movie's bad it's bad for a reason mm. like you always say oh the story was good but it just wasn't executed yeah it wasn't executed well so things like that, it's like, okay, I need to have this 15-minute of a scene. It was terrible, served no right. purpose, and it put these people to sleep. Now they're checked out. Facts. So it's Facts. one of those things where, like, I, I think I, I love the idea that you're saying it's on shrooms. It's to it's delivering a message that everybody can get on board. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I think most part, everyone is on board with saving the earth. They let politicians kind of control, like, ooh, this is not real. I'm like. Dog, what's up? It's not saving the earth. Nobody's trying to steal something from you. <laughs> you gonna keep your money? Like, like no one wants to take your life. Like, we literally want to like just save the earth. That's it, bro. Like, do you know it was like the most historic heat wave in the southeast United States this past week? You weekend? were one fourteen in Texas. I saw you post yeah, that. Bro. I was like, I'm over here complaining about one oh four, one oh three in Arkansas, in Louisiana, in Mississippi, in Alabama. It was a hundred and ten. Think about the alligators in that heat. 
in that humidity, they boil. That's not that's not no, safe. No, even the animals that are accustomed, uh, no, they're not built for that. Like ninety five, but then you factor in the humidity. So think about it in a swamp. Think about one hundred. People don't realize when it's humid, it dehydrates you. Thank you. You are actively it like yes, dying. not dying, yes. but you get my point. That that water is leaving your body. Yes, that's not sweat. It's also like, like that's why it just bubbles up. It doesn't drip. It just it's bubbling. So you know, what, bro. Do you know what, like you know what that did to me this weekend? Like I'm reading that and I'm looking at the entire yeah. map of the southeast, like where I would spend my summers, because I know how hot it gets when it. And that's another thing. This is another thing. So I'm 29. My summers when I was yeah. My summers uh, in like seven, eight, nine years old, 10 years old, 11 years old were spent in East Texas, Piney Woods, yeah. close to Louisiana, Arkansas. Our summers around this time, 95 degrees, That's crazy. 98 degrees 20 years ago. Now, at 105, 108, consistently, consistently. And this is July. This is not August. This is early July, not late July, not right, August. We're not even in the hottest month. When yet. it's typically supposed to be. So this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, this is this is where I kind of like try to dial in my anxiety. Yeah. Speak like from a very amateur meteorologist standpoint. If by late July the temperatures are cooler, I'm gonna say, okay, our weather patterns are shifting. Yeah. There's still global warming, but our weather patterns are shifting. If by August. <laughs> It is hotter than it is now. Oh I'm stopping DJing, and I'm getting into a completely different career field. Because, like, there's n- there's no way that I can. My, my wife is sick from the extreme weather. Oh. And she's like, like, her body is extremely affected when it, in, the, um, in May, when it was 70 and then 98 and then 65. Oh, those extreme temperatures? That's not. Fibromyalgia, lupus. Does she have allergies, too? I'm assuming you're going to Yep. Yep. Damn. Whole family has allergies, so it's constant blooms and all that. And it's like, she, her, her whole fucking joints ache. She's, she's used oh, to I ripping and you. running. I, I mean, I, I mean, I literally lupus and rheumatoid or arthritis. I like, yeah. I, I know. What that's, that's my, like, that is nothing, my stuff, in comparison. So I, I But, I mean, imagine. it still affects you, and you know. Oh so yeah. it's like, if that. I'm just saying, like, if that is, if that's what we're looking at, climate-wise, if th- I'm like, then there's a whole, there's a whole group of women, and men likely, but women that are greatly affected by that. Oh, and absolutely. I think it's people who've ever had surgery, people who are yeah, my that, that have elders. any type of nerve pain, at problems. Because I know, like, when I that ha- that's when it acts up. Because like when it goes from like it rains and it mm-hmm. goes dry, then it gets real like it'll it'll cramp up a little. And I had this thought with her too. I was like thinking about. Think about the 1800s and 1900s when you didn't have TV and yeah. meteorology. You just had a woman in your tribe or in your farm or in your family. When she got sick, you said, "Oh, weather's coming! Yeah. <laughs> like weather change is coming." That's really how they used to uh, women and uh, animals, depending on how the animals would react. Start barking at nothing. Too. Yep. Things like that. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. Bro, smart. We're so we're so innately given the the clues like everything is right in front of us well that's what I, I, that podcast i sent you with uh the side yes I, I cannot remember that man's name i need to and i think it's because i can't pronounce it so i don't want to mispronounce it so i choose to just not remember but where he talked about you know oh everyone has the same set of tools when they're born 
and everyone has the same set of, you know, ability to use them. But we live in a world where technology starts taking over and starts assuming the role of the skill set that we have. So now the skill set's not being trained. It's not going anywhere, but it's not being used. Mm-hmm. So whenever, anytime we have to flex it, you know, life is like, nope, you got to use it. Tech, tech's not going to help you. Yes. People get stressed. They freak yes. out. Kind of like that, you know, the kid freaking out because the parents never taught him how to change a tire. Yeah. And they're like, oh, God. Bro, um, I remember you. Wait, you have a recent story about that, don't you? I do. I do. I do. And and I, I want to, like, say it, and then I'm going to put a pin in it because it will be a great topic for our next episode but i got a flat tire and car trouble gives me panic and anxiety attacks yeah 10 out of 10 times wreck car trouble whatever whatever i was microdosing Mm. mushrooms and like had just actually dropped a microdose probably three or four hours prior to the tire being Uh flat and it was a pretty bad blowout and i had to pull over on the side of the road and Shelby walked me through the whole thing. I called Brad. He came and helped at the end, but I didn't freak out. Yeah. It was like I was in a space where panic wasn't allowed. Yeah. It was like the mushrooms were like, nah, bro. You're, you're, you're going to battle. You're going to come to terms with changing this tire. It sounds like your you're not going to freak out. Yeah, it sounds like your mushrooms forced you to tap into your practice, though. They did. Like they no, did. No, you already know how to deal with this. You do. Your dad's taught you. Yeah. You, you you think you don't know how to do it, but you know how to do yeah. it. You've, you've you let the fear of maybe doing it wrong stop you. That's what it was. I let the fear of not being able to do it in front of my wife when it's like, bro, she knows how to change a tire, yeah. but I'm not going to make her change it. But you know what she can do? She can walk me through it. Yeah. That'll make my job so much easier. Absolutely. Or and I the think embarrassment. And from a partner, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was also embarrassment from, like, it being – which is, is a nobody's really paying attention to you, so stop thinking about it. But it's like, yeah. oh, I'm DJ Lightbright, and my car's got a flat tire. And it's like, bro, nobody looking at you. <laughs> they care about you. Change well the tire you posted and keep it, going. My reaction is like, damn, you should have called me. I would have come help. <laughs> that's, 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 that, well was, now, that was my Now that reaction. I know it was where you are located in the city, I know that I can call oh, yeah, you I am and, centrally and, I'm literally and get you so. and get you involved. Yeah, but so if I ever lie to you and tell you it's too far away, it's a straight up a lie. It's because I'm, you know, I'm probably right ten minutes away. <laughs> but it was it was a good experience, and like yeah. that, to me, it like empowered me to be able to like move forward with things that I feel like I could yeah. could move forward with. I'm gonna ask you a question, but then I don't want you to answer. I'm actually just gonna we're gonna leave it right there. Yeah. Actually, is how much is that ability to like change that tire to get over the fear and anxiety and just get to it and obviously it sounds like it was very easy like mm-hmm. once you got past it has now changed your perspective on other things in your life does that you get where i'm going with that mm-hmm. where now it's like okay you start recognizing like, oh nope this is my fear and anxiety now i need to go over it mm-hmm. and then we just leave it right there because it's probably not gonna pass mm, that's a good one that's a good one listen Appreciate you coming through, brother. Man, thank you. I'm. This, man, this is starting. I'm not nervous beautiful. no more. I was nervous at first. I, I'm like, I, that first man, 10 minutes, I was first, a little nervous. No, like first 90 seconds, you shook Bruh. them cobwebs off, and it was Bruh, it was a wrap. Like, I was good. I just started talking. Forget the mic is there. I think that's what like. When it, and it was I not saying. St- it was like not saying start. Yeah. You just you just turned it on. And and I didn't want to say start. I don't want it to be formal. I, yeah. That's why I hate using the word interview anytime I'm yeah. like describing something. But it's the best word to describe what I'm trying to achieve. That's why I hate it. Just because I don't want it to be. I I don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. I can't. That's why my boss at work hates me because, because I say things like, "Oh, my bad," or I was like, "Dude, you know, I'm, 
if I talk like that, it's just gonna sound bad. <laughs> it's gonna sound like I'm a robot and I'm following a script. Yeah. And guess what? I did that on a phone call. Guess what I got told? I didn't get to say, by the way. He was like, "It sounds like you're just following a script, bro." <laughs> I just laughed. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "Cause I am, dog." <laughs> But anyways, oh man, you have a great rest of your day because yes, I'm not even going to try to convince you at this thank point. You. Thank you. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I actually appreciate you just helping me kind of like, just helping me get through the year. Yeah, like of course, this, man. This, I'm hitting the ground running now. I don't want to say it's grind up. season because I'm going to have fun. It's up. It's not going to be a grind. I'm ready for the next one. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have Brad. I'm getting another mic. Oh, actually, my god. I didn't get another mix amp. I'm going to do that, though, because I need to plug up a We got mic. you. We got you. Oh, yeah. But I'm learning all this stuff. I'm going to edit this. We'll really take out any pauses. I. That'd be cool. I think it'd be great. I have upload you heard? Are you um? Well, I was gonna say upload it raw to yeah. like. What to me would be tight is if it was on YouTube, just as like and it's like a waveform playing, like kind of like mimicking. Cause I, cause I would play it like people that have YouTube be premium just to watch. Bingo, and then it can go on yeah. Spotify and Apple. Oh yeah. And just put it up as a raw foot. It's like hey. Yeah, you have to show me how to put up on there. Oh no, nah, that's you. I'll figure it out. That's you. Can't be that hard, right? It can't be that hard. Quick little Google search. I'm sure exactly. there's a step by step, step in there. Somebody's done it thousands of times. Hundred percent. Apple, you know, Apple made podcasts cool again. Oh, and we should transcribe it too. Ooh. Okay. Have a written we'll form. How to do that? Yeah. Oh, this Just is my brother, by the way. How's it going, bro? You know, Jalen. Jalen. Easy to remember. Oh, guess what? Yeah. Hey, bro, you take me to my car. Yeah, I got you. All right. I don't know if you had anything else to do. No. Like. 